Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Podcast. Today, we have the utmost pleasure of speaking to someone who means a lot to me personally, even though he may not know it, and I know he has had a great impact on many more around him. I first met Joe Grondon when I was what I believed to be in middle school when he was the VP at my school. Joe's now a retired educator, but he admits that he has much more to learn. He's a professional international inspirational speaker who advocates for our youth, and he also has two books out. Uh, One's entitled Living in Harmony with Our Children, and the other Speak to Reach. Yeah, some of Joe's many accomplishments include when he placed top 10 at the Toastmasters World Championship of Public Speaking on two different occasions, is one of 80 people in the world who has obtained the accredited speaker designation, represented Canada at the World Ballroom Dance Championship along with his wife that was held in Vienna, Austria, and perhaps his biggest accomplishment yet, getting hugs from his grandchildren. We couldn't be more thrilled that Joe agreed to have a chat with us today, as we love his energy and everything he stands for. Here's Joe. Hello, Joe. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for for the invite. I, I guess I should say, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel good. Oh, I feel so good. Huh? Oh, I feel so. Oh, I feel so. Oh, I feel so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that one. <laughs> I, re- I remember driving down the road in Riverview one time uh, when Kennedy was a student of yours. And uh, she said, oh, mom, mom, pull over, pull over quick. And I'm like, what is going on? I have to, it's Mr. And so I pulled over and this is what our experience Rolled was. down the window. You were out on a jog and poor thing. I had no mercy. It was pouring rain outside and you did the whole thing right there on the sidewalk. I remember that. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for agreeing to uh, chat with us today. I've been super looking forward to... Uh, having a little chat with you it's been many many years I think it was like I said in the uh the intro I think it was middle school might have been high school but uh you were the VP in Salisbury at the high school middle school there for a while yeah yeah Yeah. and it was such uh I Salisbury 100% loved it wanted to stay couldn't that was that that was too bad on me yeah, but uh, but we all benefited from you. I like so many years later, and I said to mom when we first decided to start the podcast, I you were one of the first names in the book. I knew for oh. sure that just love your energy. Um, so yeah, uh, what is your story? Who is Joe Grand, and what are your interests? What do you do for work? Uh, anything? Give a little intro on yourself. I have a lot of hobbies. But right now I am advocating for our youth. Mm -hmm. And I think our youth are the most misunderstood people on earth. And my mission, my vision 
is that whenever I'm out speaking, either to parents or to schools or staff, how do we get to a point that we understand where our youth are coming from? Mm. And if we can make that connection, then that will allow us to have some compassion and allow us to, to help them. Mm-hmm. I am a former marathon runner. I love, I'm a dreamer. Let's just put it that way. I'm a dreamer. My mother raised me to be a dreamer. And mm-hmm. the bigger the dream, the better. And this is just another dream that I'm having because the pursuit of a dream, in my opinion, is the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think I have a smile on my face painted permanently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you do. He's not lying. <laughs> wow. So in a nutshell, yes. Yeah. Okay. What inspires you to uh, to feel like your best self, Jeff? I think what inspires me, and I and I think it's it, it was a long road going through school. I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. I would, I'm an introvert. I'm still an introvert by nature, and I developed a very low self esteem of myself because of my faults. And I and I learned somehow through the example of my mother, who's a a lifelong she's 90 years old and she still has oh, dreams wow. and there, there, i've learned that it's not about our faults it's about our dreams our aspirations our strengths and we find those strengths along the way i may not have gotten the highest marks in school but i can inspire i can speak i find things that i'm strong in mm. that will allow me to fulfill the dreams that are in the future and that was and that was all that was a big learn big turnaround for me when i ended up at salisbury at salisbury regional high school and middle school i already had it in my mind that i was going to inspire and every child that come across my path i was going to encourage them to dream by listening to them understanding valuing them and if you have that connection then you inspire others to dream, to, to blaze that path of happiness. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what inspires me. And it's, you say that so well too. And it's funny, just as you're speaking now, being on the flip side of things, being an adult myself now, you don't as a child realize the impact that it has. You just seemed like a happy-go-lucky guy. And hey, if I ask him how he's feeling, he's going to do something funny and everybody around me is going to laugh. It's like a magic trick, you know? Let's watch this guy. But you made you made yourself so approachable. And I know I had approached you a couple of times on different, in different situations. And you just, yeah, it's just interesting sitting on the flip side of this now and kind of just the way you're saying it, you did make yourself extremely approachable, but you don't realize it as a child. No. And when you look at it, just the other night, I met a mother whose son went to Salisbury Middle School. She stopped. She looked at me and says, Joe. And we talked and had a conversation and she became teary eyed. She said, you were the only one that went the extra mile for my son. Mm. And sometimes we don't realize the impact that we have on our children. I I certainly didn't. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, who's this happy guy coming into the school and doing this happy dance? And I'm sure I, I'm sure the principal at the time thought I was a bit strange to it, (laughs) (laughs) but you you just, you never realize what impact you do. And it, and it, it does my heart fawn Kennedy when you, when you say these things, because it's, 
it just makes it all worthwhile. Mm. It's not, it's not about me. It's not about uh, me being inspirational. It's really about the kids. And I think that's where we miss the mark. Sometimes mm. we, we tend to think it's about us and it's, it's not about the kids. You know, we, I grew up in the old adage, children should be seen and not heard. And I yeah. thought, what a shame. Mm. What a shame. We we need to listen to our children and, and speak to our children. And, and to have this mother get teary-eyed. And I asked her permission to give her a hug. And she said, oh, please. And, mm. and we, we gave each other a hug. And I walked away. And I told it to my wife as we walked into the, it was at a movie theater. And it was, I was becoming teary-eyed because you mm -hmm. just don't realize what mm -hmm. children see, you know, in adults. Yeah. It's so yeah. very true. Um, do you mind talking a little bit about what you mean when you say you're advocating for our youth? What uh, What do you do for work? Um, maybe talk about your books a little bit and what kind of got you down that path? What got me down that path? I listened to a phenomenal motivational speaker. And I want you to picture 6,000 teachers sitting in the Coliseum mm. listening to these inspirational speakers and I still remember and it was more than 20 years ago her name was Crystal Kukendall from Chicago hmm. high profile lawyer husband high profile lawyer she told her story first and she said husband won wins a case in big city New York they're celebrating champagne they run out of champagne he goes outside the hotel into the liquor store to get more champagne while the store is being robbed hmm. And he is shot and killed instantly. And she shares this story with us. And you, you could hear a pin drop in the whole Coliseum. Mm. And she said, if it wasn't for the merchants of hope that lifted me back up, she says, for two years, I didn't want to do anything. She said, if it wasn't for the merchants of hope that lift me back up, she said, I wouldn't be doing this to mm. encourage teachers and parents to be merchants of hope for our children. She says, yes, this is unfortunate. It happens. When I left, that coliseum it changed the way i work with children mm. you saw the effect of it that okay from now on i'm a merchant of hope to our children and regardless of the circumstances regardless of what they're into i always keep that in mind that we never know what a child's going through mm. and how we have to be merchants of hope to our children so when i retired from the education system i from that point on, I made the path of trying to be a, a, a great speaker so people would listen to what I have to say. So I joined Toastmasters International, public speaking, mm. leadership program, been a member of them for 20 years, and they taught me the tools to be able to communicate with an audience. So now in retirement, I'm a professional inspirational speaker going around speaking to youth, speaking to adults, keynotes on wellness, education. It's, education is what I love to do. Just to give you an example, I was in Fredericton and it was part of Imagine NB. These are youth who are coming into our province. They're immigrants mm -hmm. from all over the world. And I got a chance to do a keynote with them and a public speaking workshop with them because they identified that public speaking fears them the most. And I got to spend this whole weekend with these children and the adults who run the program. And there's, there's nothing, 
for me, there's nothing, nothing better. Cause you get a, you get a chance to influence and inspire like I did in Salisbury mm. and the, I feel good dance. I'm still doing it. And the kids are still asking me, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, you know, that day that it was raining and you asked me, yeah, I have, I have to share with you that after I did the dance, I had a more of a skip in my step. I was so happy that you asked me, even mm. though it was raining, even though it was, I was so happy you asked me. And, and, and even adults come up to me with their mm. children. Oh they make money because they, they bet their parents they can make me dance. So they collect <laughs> money from their parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great, though. Yeah. And I, I would I would have no idea that you're uh, a professional, uh, inspirational speaker because I'm just zoned in on you as is on the Zoom call. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> and it was it was just one of the things that segued into my retirement and and it gave me purpose good purpose and i am thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it i'm going to spend time with with teachers from the we college around our province 100 teachers to to do a keynote for them it gives me another opportunity to help kids wow you yeah. had a lot of life experience there. I'm sure some ways along the way, you've had some things that you've looked back on and thought, geez, I wish I would have done that differently. Or, you know, do you have any regrets or failures in your journey thus far? And what can you uh, maybe give to us that we can uh, take some inspiration? <laughs> we're we're kind of, you know, green on the whole public speaking in this uh, <laughs> Well, there there are a lot of regrets and there's a lot of failures. There, there is no question mm-hmm. because everybody, and I love the, the title, The Imperfect Podcast, because I thought, great, somebody, because mm-hmm. we all make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I The one mistake that I made that, that I would, if I could redo, was try to work on my confidence, mm-hmm. to try and not be so shy, to try not be so introverted, uh, because... People don't get a chance to see you who you really are. So trying to be, and we have mentioned also the imposter syndrome a while back. And I wanted to be a true imposter because I wanted to curl up in my shell. Mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody to know what my faults were. I didn't want anybody to see who I really was. And, And one of the biggest fault I have made in my life is to not show people who I truly am and to be comfortable with who I really am. That's it's hard. not that. Yeah, that's hard. It's not that smoke and mirrors. And, and, and I, that's the, the, the one area that I'm working on right now. When I speak, I always get nervous. And the reason why I always get nervous is do I want to show who I really am in front of them? Mm. And I have to get to a point that this is me. I am going to make mistakes. I am going to not please everyone, but this is who, and I had this conversation with those youth from the, from the Imagine NB, is to be comfortable with who we are and to mm-hmm. shine and be proud of it and never say sorry for who we are meant to be. Yeah. That would be. Now in the school system, I remember making mistakes with students. Uh, I remember having a yelling match with a high school student 
Mm. And it was totally on me. I, after everything was finished, I phoned his parents and I said, I'm at fault. I am sorry. I made a mistake. I apologized to him. I apologized to the class trying to make up for this huge mistake that I made because I don't want this student to graduate and remember this, mm. to remember my mistake, to remember what I said or what I did. I want him to remember his youth with fond memories. And, and, and that is a concern of mine. What do we want our children to remember? Do we want them to remember the positive or the negative? And I'm hoping it's the positive. And I've, I, I've had some things that I don't want students to remember, but I think for the most part, I think students have fond memories yeah. of our time together. Mm-hmm. It's interesting yeah. to hear you speak from a perspective of even as far as you've come, you know, ballroom dancing and teaching and public speaking, and you're still going, I'm not sure if I want to let them see who I really right. am. So it's just it, that baffles my mind. I thought, well, you know, after 50 episodes or whatever, you know, Ken- Kennedy has a background in some theater arts and some singing, public speaking, and I, I didn't do anything. Like, I think I went to brownies, you know. <laughs> and so this was a real stretch for me. Do I regret it? No, but there have been some nights at three o'clock in the morning that I've regretted it. But, you know, I excuse me thinking that you know okay we'll get to 50 episodes or 100 episodes or or a few more embarrassing tiktoks that can (laughs) be perfect (laughs) and then i'll be at that place where i won't feel you know that feeling anymore like you're having fun while you do it but then you look back and you go oh you know did i want to let people see that much of me Mm -hmm. i find it interesting that you're still on that journey yeah, and it's that transparency that I always want to be with the audience. Because if the audience sense that you're fake, and it's very easy for an, an audience to sense that there's some fakeness in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always, I, I've come to the conclusion that a, a, a speech, and I learned this in a workshop, I can't take credit for this, but it was the best advice I, I ever got. And he said, and he's a former world champion, and he said, public speaking is simply this. You make a point, you tell a personal story. You make another point, tell another personal story. Mm-hmm. Have that conversation like you would have with somebody one-on-one. Easier said than done, isn't it? Right. Because standing, you know, sitting in front of one person as opposed to maybe 20 or 100 or 1,000 people, it's it's a little different because the nerves start mm-hmm. coming in into effect. And I learned out of a failure that I had beginning my speaking career, I need to know my audience. I need to know my audience. And to give you an example, I was in front of 300 women and I was delivering this speech and I put up a cartoon clip. Are you familiar with Andy and Flo cartoon comic strip? Yeah. I'm not. No, no, you're too, you're too young. And uh, Flo is the one always in home. Pardon me? Yes. <laughs> and, and I think Flo was doing the dishes and the radio was blaring. And, and it said, the police that are in search for is a man of low intelligence. And of course, the next clip says, and she's saying, 
Like that really narrows it down. Well, of course, when I did that in front of 300 women, mm. they loved it. They mm. loved it. I did it in front of 300 men. <laughs> right. Nothing. No to self. Know your audience. <laughs> right. It's so true, too. Before we started the podcast, we really had to narrow down which which direction are we going here? Are we going my age group? Are we going older? Are we going men, women? What are we doing here? Because you have to know what's going to pull someone in. But yeah, I did want to ask you as well. Um, I am I, even sitting here going, do I even ask him this question? It seems like he's got it all figured out. But uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Because I hope <laughs> And you know, the, the answer to that is, I don't know if I want to grow up. Mm. And there's, 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 a, there's a speech in there somewhere, because I think somewhere along the line, we defined growing up to not laughing as much, to not dreaming as much, to not, and, and I know, I get it, life happens, and we start to separate ourselves from that journey of happiness, I think, a child, if you look at how a child thinks, they dream of being a superhero. They have right. no problem with that. They fall off their bike. They're going to get, they're going to cry for it. They're going to get back up and they're going to have that smile back on their face and they're mm -hmm. on their way. And, and, and most of the time, children have this, this pure joy of life and they, they allow life to just unfold and they, they go in different directions that's going to make them happy. Well, why can't we? as adults learn from children that don't grow up, have that concept of the dreams, that journey of happiness, to be happy. I'm 63 years old and, and I still have dreams. And when I get up and speak in front of youth or, or teachers or parents, I am just thrilled. It puts a smile on my face and I always encourage people to find that one thing that shines within you, that puts a smile on your face every day that you want to do again and again and again. You mentioned ballroom dancing. I didn't want to do that. I, <laughs> I certainly didn't want to do that. And of course, my wife came up to me and she says, Joe, let's take up ballroom dancing. And flashback of high school dances, being told I would never, ever, ever be a dancer, <laughs> ever. Uh, I just came back. And, and uh, there was this awkward pause. I broke out no cold sweat. She lightly put her hand on my shoulder and said, oh, honey, you actually thought that was a question. <laughs> <laughs> I put my foot down. I said, no way. I'm not ballroom dancing not going to happen <laughs> very next day we're, we're taking our first ballroom dance right night. right and i, I so and I, you're still she, married and i'm still married <laughs> <laughs> there were some pretty tense times i gotta tell you <laughs> but i walked in there and i listened to the music the latin music all the different cultures of music and the the movement to them we we fell in love with it and when we started, it didn't matter whether we were going to talk about dancing, go to a practice or go to a lesson, go to a competition. It didn't matter. We'd hop in the car on a Friday after work, drive to Quebec, compete on Saturday, drive back to Moncton, work for Monday. Wow. And it wasn't, it wasn't work. It was pure smiles on our face there and back. And we find a way. And this is where I think, can we as adults find a way? to get that happiness back, to find that one thing that will put a smile on your face every day. 
I, you know, my granddaughter, Dahlia, was sitting on my lap and she looked at me. She might have been more than four years old. She says, Papa, close your eyes. Now, it's always risky when your granddaughter asks <laughs> right. you to close your eyes. So I close my eyes and I think I still have it. I close my eyes and she puts this clip on my nose. <laughs> and she says, now, Papa, open your eyes. I open my eyes. This clip is on my nose. She is just smiling from ear to ear with, with the word that made it worthwhile. She says, again, again, again. Children mm -hmm. do it. And she had it on my chin, my ear, my tongue, my, my, and my eyelashes. Every, by the time we were finished, I had a very sore face. <laughs> she, and she knew enough that if she clipped it and if she pulled it off quick enough, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, that's where I want us as adults to, to, to regain that. But something that will put a smile on our face. And oh, Kennedy, you know, what did we do in our lives that put that smile on our face? Right. This podcast is probably one of your smiles. We've that's had a lot of laughs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And uh, yeah, mom said sometimes, well, when there's technology issues, it's like, a, oh, I'm done. We're not doing this. <laughs> We've had nights where we sit down to write and we just we cannot agree on what we should have for supper. And then it just you know, <laughs> from there. And we just there have been nights where we're like, well, screw this. Yeah. <laughs> Want to go get some Subway? OK, let's go. <laughs> We have the same conversation. When I retired, uh, I said to my wife that I'm going to do all the housework. So by the time the weekend rolls around, you've got no housework. Right. And I said, and then I, I made the promise and I haven't, I broke the promise. <laughs> I knew where this was going. <laughs> I, said, uh, I said, I'll even learn how to cook. <laughs> and she said, she said, really? I said, yeah, I'm going to go learn. So I went to the superstore, sat in this class, learning how to cook. And there was this lady, that, and I think she might have been around 85, 90 years old. And she looked at me and she said, why are you here? And I said, well, <laughs> well I hate cooking and that's why I'm here. <laughs> you didn't talk to me for the rest of the day. <laughs> and I never, I, you know, it gets to a point that we want to eat healthy. And my wife, Gwen, knows that if we're going to eat healthy, it's going to be through her knowledge of cooking mm -hmm. she doesn't particularly like she's tired of cooking mm -hmm. so what I try to do is I get the meat out make sure it's thawed I will be the helper I will I will the vegetables shook up them I'll stir them so we work together I am she's my boss and I just do what she tells me <laughs> to do and then I'll clean up the dishes I have no problem cleaning the dishes that's that's it so so <laughs> Yeah, well, I I have not fulfilled my promise though. I'm feeling kind of bad about it. <laughs> We're all imperfect, right? Help, so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I and I said, yeah, we're all imperfect. I feel bad, but yet I don't. <laughs> you know, I I feel bad. I'm not doing this, but inside I'm smiling. Yes, I don't have to cook. <laughs> right. <laughs> so going from wife lessons to life lessons, uh, what's the most important thing that you've learned? so far in life? The most important thing I've learned so far in life, I learned from my mother. I mentioned to her already. When the world tells you you can't do something, I would usually cower under a rock and believe 
that I can't do something. Mm-hmm. My mother, whenever she's Italian, full-fledged Italian, and I've learned never to, this is one thing I learned, never to mess with an Italian. <laughs> so, so, so we were very, very good in front of, her, front of her. But she said, whenever somebody tells you you can't do something, the best reply is watch me. Mm. She not only she not only taught us that, you know, some, somebody can, can lip service that, but to show us how it's done. She mm. grew up in a, in a world where she wanted to play sports at a very high level, but they wouldn't let women play sports because it was deemed bad for them physically. Mm. So it was only men that were playing sports. So she'd be the one saying, watch me. Well, her brother, who was within she, she a year younger than her, she said, you go and register for the sport. I will go and play the sport. I will dress up like you. I would play the sport. And that's what she did. Wow. And she wow. played semi. This woman is five foot nothing. And she played semi-pro basketball and semi-pro softball. Wow. Uh, she would, in her 50s, She when we were all growing up, she wanted to, she wanted to become a lawyer. But the only law school in Moncton is University of Moncton. Mm. My mother's Italian. Mm. Oh, she's bilingual. She knows English and, and sign language. <laughs> sign language is very... <laughs> so she goes to the university. She says, I'm English. I can't speak French. I want to take law and French. And they said, you can't do that. And what mm. does she say? Watch me. Wow. She goes to the University of Moncton, learns how to speak French, wow. and then takes a law degree in French. That's the biggest lesson I have learned in life is that when somebody says you can't do it, watch me. There's I, always, always a way. I see why you're a dreamer. Yeah, oh. that's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I can't take full credit. I, I've had people mm-hmm. around me. I have a wife who supports all the dreams that I've gone through. And she's always, always, always been there. So I'm lucky that way. And to have that kind of, and I, I went to a school, the teachers, the teachers were such great role models. It's, it's like, you know, and then the male teachers were my, were my fathers and the female teachers were my mothers. And then they, they just knew what direction to, to send you. And they're dealing with a very introverted, shy, not very bright, close as I ever came to a good mark in school was the straight A student sitting right next to me. That was about it. <laughs> but they taught me to work for every mark that I get. Wow. And uh, just as a last question, we asked this to everyone. You probably saw it coming. Uh, what makes you imperfect? What makes me imperfect? Mm. Oh, there's a list. <laughs> there's, a very, there's, a, there's a very long list. I would have to say one of the things of many that makes me imperfect is the fact that I can at times in our society not understand, especially in a a society where we're dealing with a lot of anxiety, uh, a lot of depression, and you never know what that person is going through. I find my imperfection is not understanding enough so I can show compassion. You know how I do it for children? Mm. Why can't I do that for adults? Why can't I stop myself 
and say, okay, Joel, if you don't understand, then maybe you shouldn't speak, maybe you shouldn't act, and maybe you should find out. Mm. That's an imperfection of mind that I need to seek that understanding more. I think it's 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 one of those things that we all try and do as uh, lifelong learners is to always seek to understand because we never ever know. I remember on you know just driving on the road and somebody cutting me off and me getting upset, mm. and my wife would bring it to my attention. Don't be upset. You don't know what that person is going through. They might be having a very bad day. Mm. Let it go. Mm. And, you know, and even before that, I, there was one person that, that made me upset on the road. And, and uh, because I got angry, that person followed us. Now, mm. picture this. I have my wife in the car. I have a complete stranger following me. What kind of a day is he having? Now, mind you, we were able to uh, divert the person following me, but it was a lesson for me. That's the imperf imperfection that I have is, is, okay, Joe, understand. Now, the other day, and I think it's starting to sink in, somebody pumped their horn at me because I'm. I think I might have, got too close to them when I was cutting into a lane, mm. had my blinker on and everything. And they pumped the horn and were very upset, you know, zoomed by me. And Gwen said, he's pretty upset. I said, yes, he's upset because I was too close to him when I cut in the lane. I said, but he's probably having one of those days. Mm. It's retraining our brains to, mm. to think. Now I have, you know, I would, I would, <laughs> I would say I have many if you asked my wife this question, she right. would, you were, <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that my wife will tell you, and I would agree, I'm not a detailed person. I like checklists. I like checking them off. For instance, I do the housework. Do I do the housework in a very detailed manner? Do I do it compared to what my wife can do? Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. I need to be more detailed. She says, because when you do clean, you don't quite get to the corners. You don't quite get to this. And now I'm more conscious of, okay, I have to be a little more detailed because mm. I can do, if I'm given a job, oh, I'll do the job and I'll be as happy, happy as heck to check it off of my checklist right. and proud of myself. And then the job is not well done. Mm. And I have to do the whole job over again. Right. That's another imperfection that I have that I need to work on, uh, you know, measure twice, cut once. Yep. Yeah. That, and that's what I need to do. I'm a, I'm a wannabe handyman. Another fault. I am not handy. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> I'm not, I am not allowed to operate any sharp tools in my household. I wish I was better, but I'm totally imperfect. I went down to the basement, put on a tool belt, tools in it. And I knew I had about an hour. I came up, my wife turns white breaks out in a cold sweat and she does this and I'm going this <laughs> within an hour, <laughs> within an hour, I broke a window on my house. I, I started to flood in my basement and I almost electrocuted my cat. <laughs> Sounds like a story. So, there's, there's a long list of imperfections. And on top of that, I can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But I, I always think it I always think it's interesting. And I and I when I was working with the youth over the weekend, 
we talked about being embarrassed and not being perfect and everything. And the best remedy, I think, up to this age that I'm, I'm at now is to smile and not take yourself too serious. Mm. We're all imperfect. We're all going to fail. We're all going to make mistakes. It's what we learn from those mistakes. Smile and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Joe, for giving us your time. And I really enjoyed this chat. I super appreciate it. was really happy that you agreed. Um, we did, however, want to give you the opportunity quickly to tell people where they can find you if they're interested in learning more about Joe. Um, maybe you want to mention your books if that interests you or anything of the sort. Uh, and we're we're giving away a book too, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, actually, I have you. My my website is joegrondon.com. Mm-hmm. Joegrondon.com, and you'll see basically what I do as a speaker. If you want to get a hold of me through email, Joe at joegrondon.com, and they can get a hold of me through there. Uh, and it, yeah, and that's where they can get all my information of, of what I speak about. I mean, the speaking the speaking has been. It's been wonderful. I'm booked until July. Wow. Anybody who, yeah, anybody who, who contacts me, I try and figure something out. Like we can arrange something. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Well, thank you again so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, you've made a huge impact on my life. And like you said, um, you never know the impacts you make on people but it's like I told you uh, before we started when mom and I started the podcast you were at least like page three or four of we're having Joe Grondon on here if you'll if you'll do us the honor because we love your energy so much (laughs) (laughs) this is totally my pleasure and it was so nice to reconnect thank you so much Joe thanks Joe Bye-bye. You're very welcome. Have a great day. You too. (laughs) Bye. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast at outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week. week.